that's a hymn. All right. We've got everybody in here tonight, our young people and the good people here too. So notice I didn't say old people. So, But let's, uh, I said it. But let's all sing because we serve a mighty Savior. And let's sing to him tonight. All right. Everybody help us out here. Well, everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing, and let mercy fall on me, and everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of a nation. mountain and my God is mighty to save and he is mighty to save forever the author of salvation and he rose and conquered the grave and Jesus conquered the grave so take me as you find me Take all of my fears and failures and fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. And now I surrender. I'll sing a chorus. Savior, and he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation. And he rose and conquered the grave. And Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever the author of salvation and he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave savior he can move a mountain my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save just the voices sing forever author of salvation and he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave i'm glad that he's conquered the grave amen y'all sing this next song with us here okay i'll get us started worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is he. And sing 
a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Sing that verse again. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. Because you are my everything and I will adore you. Filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. I like this part. Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water. You're such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings, and you are my everything, and I will adore you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the good opportunity to come together, and Lord, to be able to worship together on a Wednesday night, and just to give thanks and praise unto you, because you are worthy, as the song sang. And I'm so grateful, Lord, to be a part of a church that really has a heart for young people and all ages. Father, I'm so grateful for that. Thankful for a pastor, God, who can, who can preach and teach from the youngest to the oldest, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Lord, for the group, for the mission trip that was taken. And, Lord, I just pray, God, I beg of you, Lord, please don't let this be just a once-a-year thing. Please, Father, let tonight just be the springboard of great things that are going to come in the future. And, Lord, I just thank you for the great opportunity we have to come and worship you tonight and just give you praise. I hope, Father, tonight that it's all about you. It's not about what we did or we got to do. It's all about what you did and how you used us. So I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
Hey, guys, give it up for some Chick-fil-A workers. Been working all day at Chick-fil-A. I thought I smelled chicken. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't get no Chick-fil-A, by the way. Uh, they, they probably ain't got none left. Do they have any left? Nope. <laughs> I was going to go tonight, but I ain't going to do it. But anyway, appreciate that. Uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about, just to break it down for you guys so you can see before the, we get the young people up here, to, for those that have the holy courage to speak before the crowd, and I, and I did tell them, some of them said that, oh, Brother Kendrick, I've been sick in my stomach all day. And, and I told them I'm not going to make anybody get up here. I would never want to hurt anybody. Uh, but I did want to encourage those that would to share. But before we get into that, let me just tell you a little bit about what we did. Uh, there were, I think they've got a PowerPoint, uh, some things you guys can look at. The TSM mission trip. There were nine churches that were represented uh, in New Orleans from three different states. Um, Alabama, Arkansas, and uh, Texas. There were over 180 students and adults that were involved in this, uh, this effort. Uh, there were 16 different teams. Those 180 students and adults, myself included, were divided into 16 teams to do 16 different projects that week. Uh, some of these projects included, I'm going through this quickly, I hope they can keep up. Some of these projects uh, were home repairs, and uh, some of it could have been in some situation, uh, didn't have a shower. Uh, and, then, and for the first time in a long time, they would take a shower in their own home because of the work that was done. Some people just didn't have a back door and had it boarded up and were able to do those things. I don't want to give all the testimonies away, but a lot of different things in homes. Fences put up, um, uh, walls that were painted, walls that were scraped, a lot of scraping going on. And so just a lot of home repairs that happened. Some of these are, uh, were church members. Some of these are just people in the community that needed help. Um, but a lot of these folks are still suffering. Um, we don't have time to show you the pictures upon pictures of still the devastation uh, that we saw here years and years after the uh, hurricane uh, and saw the lower ninth ward and how driving what, what, what used to be a subdivision now looks like driving down a country road here in Alabama uh, with all the growth and everything. It's just Unreal. So a lot of homes were repaired. Also, there were some churches that got remodeled. So we went and we helped out a lot of local churches in the community. Um, we, we stayed at a church, at one church at West uh, West Bank, uh, West Bank, Oak Park. Uh, it was in the West Bank area. We stayed at Oak Park Baptist Church. That was our host church. We did some help there. One of the teams helped there. But then we went out and we helped some other churches. Uh, got to meet some outstanding men of God and pastors and work with the church folk. So we did some church remodeling that you'll hear about. Also, we did some community cleanup. We just get out, and some, some of the groups just get out there and help clean the community. They went to playgrounds and things of that nature and helped in that area. Also, the homeless were fed. Uh, we had one team that uh, went to the homeless shelter about every day and helped there organize and moving, ministering, caring, and, and, uh, and working with the homeless there. Um, one thing I think we found out, and Brother Travis knows better than I, uh, we were just shocked at how many homeless people were in New Orleans all the place, all over the place. In the nicest neighborhoods, you take one turn and there'll be homeless people under a bridge. It just blew my mind how many people are still still homeless. Now, the rich neighborhoods, they got rebuilt. But the lower-income areas didn't get rebuilt. They're either living in shacks, uh, just shambles of homes that used to be, or they're just living on the streets. So uh, a lot of uh, homeless that were fed. We had uh, nursing homes that were visited. 
We had one team that went to the nursing home every day and just held the hands of the people in the nursing home, played games with them, uh, sang with them, and whatever else needed to be done uh, at the nursing home that week. We had some that helped uh, that staffed some summer camps. Uh, some churches, some local churches were doing some summer camps, and so we had teams that were there to help man that. Uh, some, uh, one of our teams I know of uh, did some vacation Bible school preparation. They were not, we were not there the week they were going to do Bible school, but they spent the week helping that church prepare for the Bible school next week. Th- those kids are not even going to be able to see the harvest that comes out of the work they did, but they were faithful to get in there and build sets and do backgrounds and all that stuff they did that week. Then we did have groups that actually were able to uh, operate some vacation Bible schools uh, and, and help in that area. And then there was some that was uh, some daycare that was provided, some groups that uh, just took care of some children for the week. They were helping take care of the workers' children for a week. And uh, then also um, on Thursday night, all the churches got together and took an offering and from the kids and from the students and the, uh, the adults, and we uh, collected an offering of $1,000 um, that Thursday night. And you'd say, why would they take a missions offering? They're on a missions trip. And it's because he wanted, the missionary wanted our people to know that, yes, you're in helping in New Orleans, but there are greater needs beyond New Orleans. And so they wanted to make sure we were mission-minded. Even though we're coming in serving, there's still a need to give. And be, that $1,000 has helped build, a, will, will help build a home for some family in Haiti. And so we're so grateful that that group, we had a part in that. So we're so thankful for that. Um, during that week, over 4,000 gospel tracts were given out. Everybody, every team, in some form or fashion, were able to get out and pass out gospel tracts. And let me tell you, that was out of a lot of our comfort zone. And, uh, but they did this, and over 4,000 were given out. Uh, we know of some, there were some salvations. It wasn't, uh, I, didn't, I hadn't got the full number in. Sean hadn't got that to me, but I know some that trusted Christ. Uh, countless lives were touched. And what I mean by that is the homeless people were touched. The people who worked at the homeless center were touched. The pastors that we helped were touched. The, uh, the, the people we passed out tracts will be touched for generations and eternity uh, will be touched. So a lot of people were touched. And then I will say, bringing it home to us, 37 lives were changed forever. Forever changed. 37 lives that we took from Temple. Um, everybody, um, their lives were changed for eternity. I've got a couple verses I just want to share Matthew 28, verse 19 is where we got it's go time. You guys saw those go time shirts. It says, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we want our young people to know and the whole church to know that it's go time. It's not time to just talk about it. We've heard about it. We've known there's a need, and it was time for us to go. And I think that's just the beginning of uh, for what we're going to do. Uh, I've already been working this week on things that we can do in the future. And in the near months, this Saturday, we're going to be out here. It's go time for a playground. It's going to be go time for some community projects that's coming up. So uh, we want that to be a, a, an awesome goal of ours is that we want to go. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to do it. And then in Philippians 2 verse 8 is something that spoke to me this week. And you guys can see our shirts, the, 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 the services we had each night. The focal point was on serve. And let me tell you, the, the missionary that spoke each night, uh, I asked a couple of the leaders afterwards, I said, after a couple of nights, I said, do you feel like this is geared towards just teenagers? And they're all like, no. I mean, every one of us were heavily impacted by this subject of serving and what it really means to serve, not just in what we did, but in the messages that we heard. So awesome services we had each night, and I, I missed them. We had a great time in the Word. 
And the Bible says in Philippians 2.18, talking about how far Jesus went. We know that he, he came as a form of a servant. It says, He being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You say, what has that got to do with us? One of the subjects that kept coming up, because we had young people that were, when they come, they listen, they did not know what they were going to be doing that whole week until they got there that Sunday night. We had no idea, really, what we were getting into. They didn't know who they were going to be working with. They didn't know who they were going to be, what area of New Orleans they were going to be going. They had no idea. And that night was a night when we just had to dive in and say, okay, whatever you want us to do. In the first couple of days, I got a few teenagers would come and, and even some of the leaders and saying, you know, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, all I've done today is paint. You know, some of them say, all I've done today is scrape paint off a wall all day. And I said, I said, just be obedient. And that's what I kept saying, just be obedient. Just go and do whatever that pastor says. Do whatever your leader says. And just be obedient to whatever your calling is. That may be your mission this week. Your mission may very well be just to paint a wall. But God wants to know, are you obedient? Because Jesus was obedient all the way into death, even the death of the cross. He laid down his life for us. And it was nothing for us to just lay down our wants, our needs, what we had in mind a mission trip was going to be about. It was time for us to put that away. And every time that the students went away and they just went back the next day, I'll never forget the day when the two girls came to me the next day and said they wanted to go out past tracks, Brother Malcolm, which is amazing enough. And the first day they didn't get to do that. And they came to me and said, I want, we wanted to go out and pass tracks out. We wanted to go out in the community and meet people and pass out tracks. And I said, just be obedient. I said, hopefully this week you'll get a chance to do that. And I said, is, they said, can we ask? I said, yeah, there's no harm in asking your leader. Are we going to get to do that? They came to me the very next afternoon when we all got back right before dinner. And they came to me with smiles on their faces. And they said, we didn't even have to ask. When we got there, the leader said, what do you all think about going out and passing out tracks today? I said, that's being obedient. When you're obedient and you have a right attitude, God will bring joy in your life. And he will bless you just for being obedient to painting a house, to picking up trash. All those things are acts of service. And God just wants to know, will you be obedient? And I say that that's for all of us. We had some of us adults that had some hard lessons to learn that week about being obedient and just trusting God. I slept on an army cot all week that was about this wide. And I don't know if you've noticed, I'm a little wider than that, okay? And, and I slept in a room with about 16 boys that don't know how to don't know where to put their dirty clothes and don't know where to do certain things and it, it just was a it was a locker room and uh, I was missing that king size bed in my home with the ceiling fan blowing and the nice comfortable pillow I'm missing it right now and uh, but we all had to give up certain things and we all had to be obedient we had to lay our lives down that was a week when we said it's not about me it's not about what I want it's about what he wants and so there's no way that we could tell you all tonight the stories. No way possible that we could tell you all the things. On and on, just when we got back, something would pop in my mind, and I'd send a text to one of the teenagers and just, and just thank them for being faithful and being obedient. And, uh, the most special time that I had for me was every night after our night of worship when we would get together, just the TSM group, and we went back to one of the Sunday school rooms, and we sat around and we just started sharing testimonies about what God had showed us that day. And to be able to sit back and see teens that would never speak up in a group like that. And even when they, the first couple nights it was, I got the paint. 
Okay, praise the Lord. Here we go next, you know. Uh, and that's how it was the first couple nights. But let me tell you something. As they were continuing to be obedient, to go back and go back, and God start to tender their hearts, and then all of a sudden that there was a turn. This one all of a sudden would say, you know what, I got to meet somebody today, and how they changed my life just to get to meet this person. And over here they got to say, you know what, we, we got to pass out tracks, and we played basketball with this boy that walked down the street today, and all of a sudden the whole attitude changed about two or three days into it. Then all of a sudden we, I started seeing them fighting them tears, <laughs> sharing them testimony. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. And they fought that, fought that, fought that. And finally, I told one, I said, stop right here. I said, look, y'all just going to have to let it go. And I said, I'm not trying to embarrass you. The young lady that was, that was that just got done trying to talk but couldn't talk, I said, just cry. It's okay. She started crying, and the whole room started crying. And then God just began to work in our group that whole week. And I'm telling you, those are precious, precious times to me. Because I wish I could get back with them every night and share testimonies. And I know we can't do that every week. We can't do it every night. But I sure would like to because those are precious times when people are opening their hearts to God and sharing with each other. They're not going to be able to share up here. I wish you could. I wish I could have videoed it, but I didn't think that would be appropriate. They're not going to be able to share up here exactly what happened that week. But I hope that maybe from their heart you get a little bit of tonight of the, the taste of what God did in their lives. We're going to show a video right now. And it's just a little bit of taste of what kind of the things we did this week. And then I'm going to get them up here and we're going to talk, uh, share a few testimonies and then I'm going to turn it over to our preacher, okay? Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory? When I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I loved, but no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song?
Amen. Give God praise and glory for that, all right? All right, come on up. Y'all come on up. I'd ask everybody to come whether they're going to be able to speak or not. You can see several of ours can't be here tonight, and uh, we understand. Caleb, get up here. Come on, man. And I'm going to just do it one little group at a time. So uh, and, and if you don't say nothing, we're going to be quick as we can, okay? I want to respect the time we have, all right? Uh, let's see. I want to start with, come here, Savannah. Who else was with you, Savannah? Come on, Lexi. You don't have to speak, okay? All right. I just, I'm going to do it kind of an interview style unless they take over, and that's all right with me. All right. First of all, I know you have something you want to share, but tell me what you guys, what your team did. Um, we built a um, drive-through and poured cement and everything, and we tore up a fence, and we busted down a wall. That was pretty fun. All right, where did you do this at? At a church, and about 45 minutes away from where we were. Yeah, we had some groups that traveled 45 minutes to an hour away each day and, and got to do that. All right, let me tell you that I want you to just share what God uh, showed you this week, maybe something that stood out to you. Um. God showed me that no matter what it is, if it's digging holes all day long or pouring concrete or giving in poison oak that is uncurable, um, <laughs> that God is in it no matter what, and it, he's always going to be there. All right. Let me just say one thing that, that, that stood out to these girls was because they were digging holes, putting up fences, I mean hard labor that whole week. And one thing that um, Savannah said to us about halfway through the week, she said something about how did you, when did your attitude change? You started looking at it differently. Um, I just started like we had a really long drive to wherever we went, so I just took that time to pray to God. I was like, God, let me see you in everything that we do, no matter what it is, if it's we are digging holes all day long or if we're tearing up a fence or if a tree just, like, wraps around it that we're going to be something there for a long time. And it's just that God showed me that he is always there and he will always show you what you need to do and what where he's going to take you. Give him a hand, all right? Thank you, girls. <laughs> Caleb, come here. Who else was with you, Caleb? Anybody here? Brittany Davis. Okay, Brittany and Julie were with him. Tell us where, where you went and what you did. Um, we were mostly in the Ninth Ward where, you know, the, the most uh, low-income area, yeah. And uh, we also traveled to a bunch of different neighborhoods. All right, what, uh, were you working with a church or with just some a community piece? It was just our group, and every day we pretty much either knocked on doors and gave out the gospel tracks or we'd um, pass out flyers. For There was one church that we did help out pass out flyers. All right, now I know Julie... Uh, and, and Brittany both testified that way out of their comfort zone, passing out tracks. And uh, but what what stood out to you this week? The, the whole week, maybe something that just God spoke to you about, something that God changed you about, or you something you just noticed. What could you say? Yeah, it definitely made me more thankful. There's a lot of things I saw that you know we take for granted. You know, I saw a homeless man digging in a trash can trying to get something to drink. You know, and then saw a lot of people lost their whole home, their whole neighborhood, and they still had hope. Very thankful. Thank you, Caleb. We were walking down the French Quarter 
and down to that uh, farmer's market, they call it, French market, they call it, and, uh, and, and we did walk by, literally walked right by a guy that was, uh, you know, people down there buying and spending like crazy, and then a guy literally reaching down a garbage can and, and, and licking the wrappers of whatever he could find and trying to find something to drink. And, uh, and I remember Caleb running to me and saying, that guy's literally eating out of the garbage can. And it just really changed his whole outlook on things. So uh, I appreciate that. All right, you girls come, Caitlin and Rebecca. I know they're nervous as a wreck, but that's okay. All right, these girls and my wife and I, we're on the, uh, we're on the same team. And uh, I want Caitlin, I'm going to help you, okay? Uh, tell them where we went. We went to a church all week. <laughs> Amen, just like being a Christian. Amen. Uh, okay, we went to Lakeside Church. We met a pastor, his name was Dean Ross. And their church, they took over an old church uh, about in October trying to uh, reach the community. And uh, they just really needed some, their stage needed to be updated uh, for their, their, um, their praise team and all that stuff. So the pictures you saw about the stage, that's what we did a lot that week. Uh, what's something that stood out to you this week, that week that we were gone? Something that maybe touched you. I know that we went to church every day, but something that maybe some point in the, in the week something changed about you. Give me a second. <laughs> um, at first, I was I, the people I was with. They weren't the type of people I would normally choose to be with. And at first, I was like, "How am I going to get along with these people? How am I going to work with them for a whole week?" And just you know, in the middle of the week, God showed me that you can find something interesting in somebody that you wouldn't think you could. And God's just really awesome whenever it comes to that. All right. Caitlin and Rebecca both testified one night before I even got to say it because they were feeling the same thing I was feeling, and I didn't know it. Because when I saw the crew I was going to be working with, I thought, oh, my Lord. <laughs> what in the world have I got? I got a guy over here that wants to wear a bathrobe on the job site. Well, I thought he did. <laughs> and I thought, what in the world have I got into? But they did, and one of the guys, John Rodriguez Jr., become a friend of everybody's. Uh, he uh, um, he testified one, one one afternoon. We always had devotions out on the job sites. We ate lunch, and they had uh, one of the students would lead the devotion, and and John just spoke up and said, "You know, I just want you to know." In his words, I don't remember how he said it, but basically that he felt loved. That he came and thought, "I wouldn't fit in. There's no way." Uh, he's a 21 year old young man with autism. Um, he's a, a Mexican Catholic. I mean, he had he was very different from a lot of us. And uh, and at first I thought, but that boy changed all of our hearts. And I thought if God did nothing else, you know, it showed me um, how to show love unconditionally to anybody that may be a little different from me, the people that need love. And we tried to bless him, but, boy, he sure blessed us. One thing that happened uh, one night, I think it was the Thursday night service when – Something happened to you in the service. Do you remember? You remember you told us that for the first time, maybe. Um. Well, God had really been talking to me all week just about how the way I was not spending time with Him at all, and um, I don't know. He really, He really talked to me <coughs> that night and. I just felt him, like, 
and there was I went to the altar to pray, and like I could just feel everybody in the TSN group around me, and it just felt awesome. And I was like, if God really, you know, if He really wants me to be doing this type of stuff with serving and everything, then I need to be talking to Him more about it because mine and Him, our relationship wasn't that close. So I'm definitely He talked to me about spending more time with Him and everything, like every single day. So. Amen. Do you want some? <laughs> All right. But anyway, I appreciate this group. They were a great group to work with, and uh, and I do appreciate it. Sometimes God threw us a lot of curveballs that week, a lot of sliders and a lot of surprises, and one of them was, you know, somebody saying, you know, I need to spend more time with God and, uh, and to feel God's presence maybe the first time in a real way. So that was a great thing that happened. All right? You two girls, come on. This is uh, Tiffany and Lindsay. Oh, I was supposed to save you for last. You're last on this side. All right, Lindsay, tell us where you went and what you guys did. Well, the first day we went and painted a house for this guy, and then the rest of the week we would do like a summer camp at this church, and then the last day we passed out tracks. And what? Almost got killed. <laughs> she just said, and they what? Almost got killed. Almost got killed, and I don't remember hearing about that. Okay, listen, let's not tell them everything, okay? <laughs> no, shh, let's not tell everything, okay? He was very safe, okay? And listen, nothing about Bourbon Street, none of y'all. All right, listen, uh, I want th- these girls, you know, were one of those, and I'm not embarrassing them at all, they were one of those teams that came to me and said, Brother Kendrick, we're going, and every day we're going and sitting in a small room with about six or eight little... Uh, black ch- seven little black children that we don't know, and we're in this room with these kids all day. And they were discouraged. And they were, this is not what we thought we'd be doing. We thought we'd be passing out tracks or doing work or whatever. And that was one of those times when I just said, be obedient, just keep going. And what happened by the end of the week? They went and passed out tracks. <laughs> we was kind of upset, both of us, because, you know, they were, hey, this happened to me, this happened to me, God showed me this, we did this for someone, and it touched our lives, and we were just kind of like, well, we see the same seven children every day, we sing the same seven songs every day, which was very fun, by the way, and then <laughs> we really realized how much of a blessing they really were to us, and that we were to them, because... We was at this church, you know, these kids were, we watched three and four-year-olds, and they walked home, and you would, they would say, like, this may be the only meal these children get, and you just learn to be really grateful, and the video already made me tear up, so I got emotional. <laughs> All right, give these girls a hand. Thank you for speaking up, Rose. Those them seven little kids were sure hard to, for these for them to say bye to them seven little kids at the end of the week. I promise you that. So God did a great work with them. Come on a little bit. Who else was with you on this? Come on, Chandra. All right, tell us. Tell us where you went and kind of what's going on and, wh- and what God showed you. Um, we went to the Milton home. And <laughs> Listen, it will not bite you. <laughs> and um, we had a sports camp. 
Uh, you went to where? A nursing home and a sports camp, okay? All right, let's next. Um, the church that we stayed at, it was really small, and they were telling us how for um, a while that they didn't have a pastor. And one of the guys that I met, he was 17, and he, um, he was very um, involved in the church, and he said he had pastored. He had um, gave seven sermons out when the preachers were gone, and it was just, he was only 17, and it's just like I can... I can do it more than what I'm doing. They were encouraged by a 17-year-old to be like, wow, you know, I can do more than I can do. So anything else that stood out, I don't want to forget. These guys went to a nursing home, and, and one of them, I don't remember which one, said, you know, that they didn't think just, just holding the hand of somebody in a nursing home would mean so much to them. And just like these ladies over here, you know, it was not easy leaving the nursing home uh, after you'd been there all week, was it? Just say no, okay. All right, listen, give these girls a hand. I know they're a nervous wreck, okay? All right, come on, Lily. Who else was with Lily? Bailey, Connor, Christy. We had one. This group had the most of our kids in it. Don't turn your back to the crowd. Come over here by, come over by Miss Patty. <laughs> no. All right, this, this group, uh, tell us where you went, Connor, and, and some of the stuff you got to do this week. Um, we, went, we went to the homeless missions, and we helped out uh, homeless people and <laughs> and uh, we went over to the bridge and ministered to homeless people. It was really cool. It was pretty cool because we got to help out people that didn't really have a lot. Like they had a little bed, and they had to share bathrooms with 149 other men. And it was really cool to see what they thought of that as home and what we think of them. One thing you'll keep hearing is how these kids were. And I don't know if, if they went home more grateful and thankful, but I know they left New Orleans more grateful. I promise you that. Um, uh, Lily, I want you to share with us whatever's on your heart, especially maybe what happened Wednesday night. While we were in the French Quarter, uh, uh, we were all going to the restaurant, and God really touched my heart, and because I've seen this man sitting there, uh, but can I move real quick? Anyway, uh, well, I've seen that man, and then I kind of knew that he was talking to me, and he was like, you know, this is what you need to go, you need to go talk to him. Well, I was like, Mom, do you have a track? And she was like, I don't know, so I was, you know, I was trying to get her to hurry because I didn't want him to leave, so I was just like, Mom, hurry up, hurry up. Well, she... She um, found one in her backpack, and then she wanted me to go give it to the gold man, the, the dude that was standing in the little statue thing. Um, but I told her I wasn't worried about him, and I said that God's really touched my heart to go to him. Well, I went to him, and I asked Leanne to go with me. And when I got over there, I was like, hey, my name's Lily, and blah, 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 blah. And then <clears throat> as, <laughs> as soon as I gave it to him, he was, all of a sudden he just goes, why me? And I was just like, well, Leanne. And then uh, he kind of kept talking, and then he was just like, out of all these people, you know, why did God send y'all to me? And um, Leanne said, you know, he's trying to 
get you to answer him or whatever he's calling you to do and stuff. And he was just like, I have three people coming to me today and give me this. And then he just kept saying how he knew that God was talking to him and he wanted you know, him to do something with his life greater than, you know, sit on a concrete thing. And then um, all of a sudden I just said, well, you know, the reason why God is trying to talk to you is because he has a great plan for you and he wants you to do great things in your life. And, you know, he just kept saying how he was scared and stuff. You know, I wanted to cry, but, you know, I couldn't. And, uh, you know, I prayed for him and then all of a sudden he just starts weeping and snot goes everywhere. And, <laughs> and you know, then that's when, you know, I kind of lost it and I was just like, okay, well, here I am. So what am I, what else am I supposed to say to him? Well, anyway, past that. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Amen. Give her a hand. <laughs> These, uh, uh, and I'm going to give all the leaders just a, a couple minutes to say something, but I will say um, we had gotten to the restaurant Wednesday night that the church really, y'all's offering, you know, bought us a really nice meal, and we appreciate that. And, um, we were at the restaurant and head count thought of everybody, and I was missing three. And you don't want to be missing three in the French Quarter if you can help it. And all of a sudden, so I'm like, I realize who it was. So I take off and I'm running down, and all I see is Lily walking down the road crying. That's not a good sight to see a, a young girl crying walking down the street. And when I went up to her, she she hugged me, and then then she began to tell me what she had done and what stood out the most for me not just in her life and all these, all these kids' lives, is recognizing God speaking to them and then being obedient to it. She said God told her to speak to this guy. And her mom said, well, let's go to give it. No, she said no. God was specific to her, and she was obedient to that. And, uh, and God blessed her for that and blessed all of us. And uh, Lily's not one to talk. And, uh, she, she, well, let me say this, not in a group of a bunch of people. Otherwise, yes, she's a talker. But she uh, she really opened up, and, and God used these young people, and uh, and I think going to that going to that uh, and some of the stuff, Travis, they've been going with you, and and I think that their hearts were tender to this already, and God was preparing them. So uh, I'm grateful for this team. If you let them know, you appreciate them, okay? All right, this team of guys. Let me tell you. Let, let uh, Derek uh, tell you. Uh, just tell me where you went and kind of what the project projects were that week okay um yeah. we um went to this preacher's house his name was uh richard johnson jr uh, we went over there and we put up tile in his bathroom so he'd have a place to take a shower and everything and that and then we uh put up trim around his house um that was mainly it <laughs> up tile in the bathroom and on the last day we were going to go deliver tracks and then it started raining so we just went and ate pizza and it was really good and uh, I, asked, I asked Joe if uh, I could go get a track and I went and gave it to the woman at the counter and then uh, but the guy that we worked for at his house his lawnmower got stolen on like the first or second night, and uh, so we took up an offering for it and got him a new lawnmower on the last day. 
Kirsty McKenzie, you both come on over here, okay? Y'all weren't on the same team, though, were you? Okay. All right, you and Caitlin were on a team. Tell us what you got to do all week. <laughs> we got to scrape paint off of a house all week. It was fun. And then we finally got to where we could prime it. So we started priming it, and then it started raining. So it washed all the primer off of it. But the house that we were working on is a second chance house, which is like if somebody who's been on drugs, they go through a program, and then after they go through the program, they'll go to this house. And it kind of helps them keep them accountable so that they don't get back into drugs. So it was really neat. And then um, on the second day, we started paying for the person behind us because we had to go through toll bridge. We had to go through that. And so the guy in front of us would always pay for us because he was our group leader. And so we started paying for the person behind us, and we'd send a track with them too. Well, there was this one day we were going through, and up till then they hadn't honked at us or let us know that they knew that we paid for them. Well, this one guy came up, and he got right next to us, and he was the guy that was right behind us. And he held up the track like this, and then he said thank you, and he started honking his horn really loud. So it was really good. So uh, it was funny hearing them every night, and I knew, I said, boy, Dustin's going to love this. <laughs> every night, we scraped more paint off a house. And uh, I'm telling you, if y'all thought this was a vacation for us, y'all didn't see us when we got back. Every one of us soaking wet, nasty, gross, and just really uh, worked hard. And you'd say, well, how does that help? Uh, how does that not help to get out and serve and to work and to sweat and to do some service like that, because it's going to help them in the future um, to do other things. So I appreciate Kirsty and Caitlin. And uh, I will say this, you know, there were some that were like, uh, but, I mean, they really kept a good attitude the whole week. And if it, if it had been me scraping paint every day, how many of y'all would like to scrape paint off a house every day? But they did that, and they kept a good attitude, and it really helped uh, the morale of the group. And so I appreciate her. Give her a hand, and Caitlin's not here tonight. All right. This is Mackenzie, okay? All right. Tell us where you got to go. Who else was with you? All right, Lexi Bell and Miss Stacy. And Lexi's on vacation. I'm not sure where Miss Stacy is. She ain't here. Okay. I'm going to make sure she ain't sitting back there. Okay. Uh, tell us where you guys went and who you got to help this week. This week we got to go to a church, and we got to go to this lady's house, and we got to help her, and we cleaned, and we gave her a back door and ran in water, and we fixed her front door because her keys were stuck in it and we moved a bunch of stuff for her and we we went and helped Kirsty's group and scraped some paint <laughs> and then and then when it, it we was supposed to go pass out tracks Friday with everybody else but when it did start raining we really didn't do anything besides Go eat donuts. Shh, don't tell them about going and eating donuts. Come on now. But anyway, this group here, uh, I love the picture. You guys maybe remember this group sitting in front of this old, old house that you would think there ain't no way anybody could live in that house. But this little old lady lived in this house by herself, and they said it was just an interior door that they put and gave her a back door out of it, where she and she was just so grateful that she had a door that she could lock. And, you know, before that, it was just boarded up, and, and these girls said they just were shocked at how grateful somebody could be for just something so small. 
you know, and uh, and so you're not going to get all the little tidbits that come out of this week, uh, but those are some of the things I remember. I appreciate you, McKenzie, okay? Thank you. Let McKenzie know you appreciate her. All right, real quick, come here, Joe, and, and, and let's do this quickly, okay? Just give me about 15 seconds of what God did to you and how he worked in your life and maybe in your group. Uh, working with Richard Johnson, uh, he's just a big blessing on me. Uh, big man of the Lord. Uh, he's a friend I consider forever. And just as, as bad of a childhood as he has and as godly as he is now, it's just a real blessing. Amen. We hope to meet Richard. He's going to be coming. and He's going to be up in Tennessee, and maybe he can come by. I'd love to meet him. I never got to meet him. But they, they were really blessed by this guy, Richard Johnson, and his ministry. And his go get it attitude. He does a lot of sports camps for the ninth ward and day camps and daycares and all that for the kids and the youth of the ninth ward that really don't have anything. And Friday they went out to go see some of these places and the water just was already up above your uh, tires and it was a flash flood for real. If y'all saw it on the news, it was it wasn't kidding. It was a flash flood. Um, I think. I went down there not expecting or knowing what to expect and probably went down there with the wrong attitude of what I was going to do to help them. And what happened was God, through everything that happened, changed my life to where I got the blessing for being there and seeing all these kids with their testimony and how they changed and how everybody um, just came together, all these different churches from different states, and everybody was just one. Uh, they worked together. You'd think everybody had been friends for all their lives, and it was just awesome to see God move in such a way. I'm going to go before Patty because she'll make me cry. I done told her to stop crying. Um, <laughs> when we got there, well, we got to go to the mission center, which was right up my alley. But... Um, what happened was God really taught me a lesson in prejudging people because I didn't know, but everybody there had been in federal prison <laughs> at least once or twice. And um, half of them were sex offenders. And uh, God just really taught me something about prejudging people. And uh, I've been really guilty of that. And the, even the kids in my group, you know, I was kind of like Kendrick. I don't know what to say to these kids. I've never even had a conversation with them, but God really um, opened the doors for that for me this week, and I'm thankful that they were in my group. And also, um, I probably said a thousand times to myself, I'm so thankful for our church and Brother Malcolm because I don't know about some of you, but I grew up in a dead church. And um, to go out and see some of the churches that the people just left because of Katrina or just sin there, whatever reason. And I just, what God is doing here is such an awesome thing, and I'm just thankful to be a part of it. Well, y'all know I'm going to cry. That's a given, okay? Um, God showed me that week exactly how spoiled rotten we are. We take so much for granted. Um, when you see a lot of the homeless, Brother Kendrick mentioned how many, there was a poster on the wall 
where there were 6,000 homeless people before Katrina, and now there's 17 to 19,000 homeless people after Katrina. Some of the mental health facilities, there's not enough funding to keep them going, so a lot of the people that were on the streets had mental issues, and they can't hold down jobs, and they just go from place to place. They know where to be on this day because that's where they're going to get fed, and they know where to be on this day because that's where they're going to be fed. We take that too for granted. God is good to us, and we need to be very respectful for what he gives us. I was really amazed. I know it's it's an awesome privilege to work with our teens. Don't take that lightly. But they showed me this week that they really can't be put in a box. I want to brag on Bailey and Carter and Lily because they really did things that were pretty gross. And poor Bailey had to take a toilet out of the men's restroom and it busted on him. He never said a word to us. Never knew that that happened until we got back in our groups. But they are, y'all don't put your kids in a box. They're willing. They just need to know that they're appreciated. And I appreciate the opportunity that I have as well. John Morgan. Cynthia, come on up here. All right, real quick, John Morgan, these last three right here and we'll be done, okay? Cynthia, say a word. Um, I was just amazed at, at how um, some of the, almost every teen, this was what I left with, almost every one of our teens were with other teens from here that they didn't even hardly know. And so I saw relationships grow from that. And I saw people would be praying on, uh, during our worship time and people that other teens that didn't normally even talk to each other would go to them and pray with them. And so that's something that truly blessed me this week was seeing the growth of our teens and, and the oneness within them. Amen. Thank you so much. Brother John, say a word. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, we served at Cosmopolitan Evangelical Church Baptist. <laughs> that's the way they say it down there. And we had, the, I guess, the better of the any of the jobs we got to paint. Brother Scott was our leader, but we didn't work with any of our teams from our church. We worked with teams from other churches. And I, I, I feel like God put us in that position to minister not only to the people there at uh, Cosmopolitan, but also to those kids, those teens that we were working with. Uh, they came from broken homes, even though they were at church, and they came from broken homes. Um, and, and it was just a blessing to be around them and to work with them. Uh, and I say we got the best job because when we got there on Monday, the preacher told us, said, don't bring any more lunches. We're going to feed you. So he had women from his church come in and cook us soul Creole food. And it was good. And we got to eat good every day. But here's the, here's the great thing that, that God allowed us to do was we went ahead and made our lunches just like we were going to eat ourselves and sometimes a little bit better. And we would take our lunches as we was driving to the church and park the vans under the bridges. And we, we had 10 lunches usually, and we would take those to at least 10 homeless people. Or it, sometimes we'd give a homeless person more than one sack lunch. Always included a track in there and just let them know, you know, hey, God bless you. You know, we're praying for you. And uh, it... It, it, it really touched me down there that, you know, we did some work. All our teams did some work down there, and there's a lot more work in New Orleans to do, 
but it also, God showed me that there's work right here in, in, in Coleman, Alabama. It needs to be done. Um, well, I've been to Louisiana a lot with Dad on uh, his travels and such, and um, felt pretty sure that I knew what I was going to get myself into when I went to New Orleans, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, it was... It was an eye-opener to um, go down the road every day and see the homeless under the bridges. And, you know, they're sleeping on the cold concrete. You just want to, you know, do something for them, but you can't. And um, all you can give them is, you know, a sack lunch and say, well, God bless you today. And then walk off. And it just, it really burdened my heart that week for um, for missions and such. And um, I, I got to hang out with some of the coolest kids I'd they were they were great. They called me Mama Morgan all week, and they just they latched onto me, and you know just they were like my little brothers and sisters, and I, I really miss them. <laughs> but um, it was great to get to know them, and um, it was it was just great to see God working through that week. All right, give all of them a hand, will you? Go ahead, guys. I apologize if we went over time, Brother Malcolm, but I know your heart was in us doing this, and I appreciate the, the time. And one thing Brother Sean said to say was this. He said, look, guys, he wanted us to know from the get-go, you, you can paint a house, but in a few years, it's going to need painting again. You can put up a fence, but in a few years, it's going to have to be mended and fixed. And so he really wanted us to focus on the eternal things, and that's what I wanted our group to do. And I think that maybe there's be some eternal impact on some of the things that happened that week. So, Amen. Let's give Kendrick a hand. Amen. <laughs> Make sure and see me tomorrow about that lightning incident. And, uh, <laughs> Amen. Uh, Travis, won't you come up here just a second? And uh, I want you to say a word about Saturday because there was a big deal went on Saturday. And, uh, and uh, say a word about that. And then I got a word to say to y'all, and I'll, I'll dismiss y'all. All right. Uh, Saturday, we joined with the Hope Ministry here at Temple and our ministry, Unsheltered International. And we went down to Birmingham, and we had a uh, resource clinic day. And I tell you what, it was absolutely awesome. I think we had between 70 and 80 volunteers come. Uh, most of those were from Temple, but we also had a youth group of 24 people from a church in South Georgia. And we gathered up down there underneath the bridge at 2nd Avenue North and Caraway Boulevard. And we had 200 uh, folks that live on the streets and in the shelters in Birmingham. 200 of them, preacher, came. And it was absolutely awesome. What we were able to do, uh, of course, we were able to give all the resources away. We helped over 50 people just from Alabama that were born in Alabama uh, receive a copy of their birth certificate or at least apply for it. I think there was about 15 or 20 others from, uh, that were born in other states. We gave uh, one guy, Keith Dotson, who's a member of the church here, he cut 37 people's hair. Uh, he never stopped the whole time. We had reading glasses we gave away and all these resources. But the cool thing is we were able to assign about 10 people the whole day, and they did nothing but evangelism. And they literally uh, they would sit down across from somebody while they were eating, and their whole job was just to go soul winning right there in this parking lot. And so at the end of the day, we had eight people that trusted Christ as their Savior. 
and we had three people that rededicated their life. And, uh, and there were several of the young folks that were even up here on the stage just now that came, and they worked so hard, and uh, they just shined right through, and it was such an awesome day. We've got another one planned for October the 13th. I'm sure it'll be just as big, and, uh, and so that's going to be a wonderful time too. Amen. Church, say amen. All right. Uh, Kendrick, I need uh, one, two, three, four. I need five guys in, uh, in, in offering plates. So get that while I'm saying the word. Grab your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter, Acts chapter number uh, anywhere is good. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter number two. Acts chapter number two. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach a whole lesson. Uh, really, if I, I'm not going to do anything if I can't find my Bible. Amen. It was right. Is this mine here? Kendrick, did you get my Bible? Huh? Uh, yeah, you took my Bible, you heathen. All right. Here, here, here is a situation. I, I want to, I want to talk, and I'm just going to talk from my heart. Can I talk from my heart for just a minute? And, and be honest, uh, I just feel there's something that, that God is doing. And I know, I know this, this tonight, to, to some of y'all might have been boring. It really did. It, some of y'all might have thought, well, is this ever going to be over? One thing, uh, if, if everybody could really understand how hard it is to stand up here and talk in front of other people, it is terrifying. And, and just to get them to do that is a, is a miracle of God. Amen. And I know, I know that Brother Kendrick wanted to kind of, kind of give you a feel of what was happening there, but that's really an impossibility. I, I think uh, to really, he was sharing with me when they first got back that Sunday. We were sitting out there, and he would share one story and another story, and he'd cry and I'd cry, and we just we and it's because it, I've been there. I I know about that. And I know how it feels, and and uh, and and that's we want to share that with you and see that what it is. But I honestly. I think you just have to be there. You just have to be there. And, and I, I am really burdened. I am really burdened in my heart in, in just the last couple of weeks. Uh, our church, our church I, I have to concur. I have to concur uh, with what was said a while ago that God is really doing an awesome thing in this church. And this is an exciting place to be. It really is. Every Sunday, it just seems to get better. Every Sunday, God just does something different, and, and here we go. And, and you just don't know what God's going to do here. But we are in a dangerous, dangerous place. A very dangerous place. That word keeps going and reverberating in my brain over and over and over, especially all day. I, I met with the staff yesterday and, and shared with some of my feelings about what, what I'm feeling. And this is, this is where we're at. If you look in Acts chapter, number, uh, Acts chapter number 2 toward the end of it, I think it's in verse 42. And I promise you, I'm not going to be just a minute, and we'll, we'll pray. But Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. This is, this is actually the beginning of the early church. Uh, this is where uh, uh, the day that the Holy Spirit came down and empowered the believers and many, 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 many people received Christ. They received the word. Uh, they, were, they, they gladly uh, uh, received the word, was baptized and the Lord added to the church. I mean, thousands of people. I mean, this is a, an incredible day, a really exciting time to be in the church. It says, then they that gladly received, verse 41, then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So we have salvation, 
baptism, church membership, all in one, all in one verse. They, they gladly received the word, salvation. They were baptized, that's baptism, and added, to the ch- or added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's church membership. Now, now watch what happened. Now watch what happened. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. All that believed were 3,000 people together. 3,000 people together. Now, I, I have, honestly, on my notes, I have, I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six things I'd like to share with you. That's not going to happen. Because there's one thing I need to share with you. We see the scriptures. They continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. And in breaking of bread, that's the socializing. Some people want to take that out of church and think, well, we don't need socializing. We don't need a social gospel. Yes, you do. You need to fellowship. You need to fellowship. You need to break bread with somebody. You need to sit down across a meal and fellowship with another Christian family. Breaking the bread in prayers, that's supplication. It says, and, and, and don't let this scare you, don't let this scare you, but it says, and fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles as signs. So we have scripture, socializing, supplication, signs. I believe people need to see prayers getting answered. I believe they need to see homes being mended. You want a miracle? You want a sign? Let's, 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 let's change this whole divorce pattern. Amen? And all that believed, and all that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They're sharing. They're sacrificing. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking the bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having, that's the church service, amen, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Here's what I want to share with you. And this is what I'm feeling. And this is coming from my gut. Um. Uh, When you, when you grow at a speed and a rate that our church has grown, it's very easy to get a bunch of baby Christians at one time. And, and when you are a growing church, you're going to be a struggling church because baby Christians don't tithe and it takes money to operate. And baby Christians don't really do much of anything right. They need teaching and developing and learning and, and all of these kind of things. And, and that's great. And I'm all about that. And I'm excited about it because I love teaching. I love breaking the word down. That's what we do every Wednesday. And, 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 but here's, here's, here's the dangerous part. The larger you are, the easier it is. To blend in. The easier it is to slip through the cracks. The easier it is 
not to have any accountability, not to have any responsibility, kind of slide in and slide out. I can, I can come to church and be in that big crowd, and I can get out before anybody notices I'm there. And, 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 and here's what happens. Here's what happens. We become a consumer Christian. Say it with me. We become a What is a consumer? A consumer goes into a grocery store, and he can pass everything he wants to pass. He's not obligated to do anything. He's not obligated to buy anything. He's not obligated to purchase anything. All he has to do is just go in and get what he wants. I want the pork rinds. I want the Diet Mountain Dew. Say amen. I, I, I want this, and, and I want that. I'm not obligated to nothing. I can just do what I want, have what I want, and then I come, and I get what I want. When I got what I want, I can leave. And... The larger you are, the easier it is to become a consumer Christian, not a contributing Christian. Now, here's, there's a two-edged sword here, and I'm talking from my heart. This ain't no outline. I'm just sharing with you what's on my heart. We have a small church. We have a large church. There are benefits with both. There are blessings with both. There are dangers with both. I, 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 it's amazing. I, I don't want to get too deep in this because I don't want to share too much of my heart because I want to scare you. But on, on one side, in the, in, 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 in the big church or in the small church, uh, socializing is not a problem. Socializing is easy. There's a lot of socializing. Dinner on the ground. I, I, I love I love my favorite time of the year, every year, was dinner on the ground. Got to wear my overalls, that's a highlight right there. Barbecue after. Couldn't wait for dad to be quiet, say amen, and in and, and closing. That was my favorite say, amen. Afterwards, dinner on the grounds. Got to see everybody, hang out, eat, ice cream party. Afterwards, the, the, the church football game socializing and it was just as important and it was just as much a part of everything else that went on and and it's very easy to do that at temple we got to rent the ag center amen our socializing we had to rent the ag center to get it have a big enough place to put everybody in and, and it's just a monumental task to, to have to do it's very difficult to socialize now here's a problem in most small churches, there's too much socializing. And it becomes all about me and all about my family and all about biscuits and gravy. It's not about, it's not about the homeless. It's not about the people with no houses to live in. It's not about churches that have been washed up. It's not about, and, and it's so easy to get so caught up in socializing that we forget that there's a world that's going to hell that needs our attention. And I see that going on all the time. I, I, I preach revivals in, in small churches all the time. And, I, and I'm a repeat offender, amen. They, they keep asking me to come back for some reason. I don't know why because I, I, I'm, I'm really blunt about all this stuff and I, I'm sharing this. And for some reason they keep asking me to come back. And the more I go back, the older they're getting and they're dying out because they're so inward focused. But here's where we're at. We're over here in a large church 
where it's difficult to do the socializing. And then when we do have an event to socialize, nobody feels it's necessary to go because they think everybody else is going to be there. I don't need to be there. And we forget that we're supposed to have all things common. And we're a family. But preacher, I'm in the first service, they're in the third service, they're still your family. Now I'm 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 hoping there's no visitors here tonight because I'm this is pastor to flock and shepherd to flock. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because y'all were always there. This is the Wednesday night crowd. I get that, but I just got to vent a minute. This is going to be a lot of this on Sunday. Because we cannot lose the fact, I don't care how big we get. Because if we lose the fact that we're family and we lose the fact that we need to socialize, we lose the fact that we need to share. The, are y'all with me? If we lose that fact, I don't want to grow anymore. Because we're not a mall. We're not a consumer church where you can come in and get your church fixed and go home and you're not accountable to anybody and you're not responsible to anybody. People need your attention. And you need theirs. Usually people that have that consumer mentality are the first person that gets mad when somebody don't call them when they got the sniffles. They won't join a life group. They won't get involved in small groups, but they get mad when somebody forgets about them. I need a witness. Here's what's happening in America today. We're so consumer-driven. It's all about what I want, and if it's not what I want, I don't care about it. If it's not, if I don't know them close, then I, I don't have no responsibility to them. If they're a member of the church family, you have a responsibility to them. say what has that got to do with anything I, I read a quote I read a quote in the early church watch what it says watch what it says in verse number 45 they had a, or verse 44 they were together and had all things common in other words they were to, they were in unity and how they felt how they saw everything about them they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had now watch this in the early church, they sacrificed their possessions for the sake of the kingdom. In the American church, we're sacrificing the kingdom in sake of our possessions. And, and we, gotta, we have to change that. We have to change that. I, we're going to have a theme song, We Are Family. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Praise man, going to learn something, amen. We, we can't lose that. And I don't, I don't think we have, per se, all together, but I believe we're close. I believe we're close. Every number's a person. Every number's a soul. Everyone counts. Everyone's important. First service, second service, third service. Doesn't matter. Now, so preach. I said, I know how you feel. We feel that way because we got three services. No, it's not. We can have fifteen services. It doesn't matter. The point is, is what we do with it. We can have fifteen services and have one one event at the Ag Center. Are we going to show up? 
See, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we if we have a socializing event if nobody comes. Y'all with me? Now, don't think I'm shy about barbecuing something. I will kill it and grill it. Say amen. <laughs> We're going to do more of this. I don't care what we got to do. Dustin's nervous up there because I don't have a prompter in front of me. Amen. I don't need one. This is all impromptu. Amen. Dustin's saying, this is not on the calendar. This is not on the calendar. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. little inside humor. Amen. Let's don't. Forget we're family. So what has this got to do with tonight? If some of y'all knew what this was doing tonight, you wouldn't have came. And if some of y'all think I'm not going to be here, you don't come. Shame on you. If the kids are doing it, we're all doing it. It doesn't matter. We're not a we're not a a a pastor worshiper or a special speaker worshiper. Now I know some are a little different than others, and I know maybe some might not be as your style. Maybe that whatever that might be. But we're to love the word. And if one area of our church, like like Saturday, like Saturday, well, I'm not. I don't have no grandkids or kids. It doesn't matter. It's your family. Let's keep that mentality. They were together. They were together. In other words, if they did it, we did it. If if they experienced it, I want to experience it with them. Whatever it might be, you might not can go, but when it comes time for us to share what happened, you need to be here and support it. You know why? We're family. When we have a when we have a social event where we we have it where we can fellowship and you get to meet other members of your family. Step out your comfort zone. See, I know what some of you think. Well, I tell you what, they, they did that over there and they stepped out of their comfort zone and had to work people they didn't even know. And, 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 and guys, did it change you? You learn not to prejudge people. You, so you, now you have friends you never knew you had best friends you'll die with. Guess what? There's so many people at Temple right now that you don't even know that could be your greatest friends you ever knew. But it won't matter if you're not willing to quit being a consumer and start being a contributor. Somebody told me the other day, I never felt really at home at Temple till I started getting involved in life group and a service team. Don't be a consumer. Church, say amen. If it's going on, be here. If it's an opportunity to fellowship, be here. Take advantage of it. If we ask for name tags, suck it up and put it on. Say amen. I said, I don't want to put on no name tag. Well, write it on your forehead, man. Whatever you got to do. Amen. I want to do better with this. I do. I want to do better with names. I can't. I don't remember my name tonight. I don't even know what I'm called. I'm called preacher or something. I don't know. I want to do better. I want to get to know people because I don't care how big we get. If we're not family, this is just a social club. So regardless of the size, and I know, I know that 
you know, to a point, you're only going to know, whether you're, whether you're a church of 60 or 6,000, you're going to only know a certain percentage. But let's get to know them. Let's at least know that percentage. Amen? Anyhow, just wanted to vent. Let's, let's be family. Amen? And, and, and pray that God will keep us together till Jesus comes. Let's give these guys a hand for working all like they did. Amen? Amen. All right. 21 minutes overtime. I think time to pray. Amen? Hey, let's pray that God will move in. I, I, boy, I hope God just blows the doors off of Sunday. Amen? How many of y'all like to see God do a great thing Sunday? Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Well, let's pray that he will. Let's pray that he will. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so grateful and thankful for your love and your mercy and your grace. Help us to keep family. Help us to keep, Lord, that, that, that feeling of togetherness, sharing, sacrificing, willing to put in our part, not willing to just come, get, and go, but, Lord, to come, get, and give. I pray that your will be done. We're going to take up an offering, Lord, for, Lord, to use it for your glory. I pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand our feet. Let's all stand our feet. Can somebody come grab a mic and hum or, or something? Where's Jalen at? Is Jalen high and he's smoking a cigarette? What's he, what's he doing? All right. You ain't got no piano? Hey, everybody hum the themes of Jeopardy. Can y'all do this with me? You ready? Hmm? All right, that'll work. You know that, Amber? No, okay, all right. All right. Just, just, just play something soft. This is what we're going to do. You say, why are we taking up an offering? God just told me to a while ago. And this is what I feel like he wants to do with it. We sat and met with some principals uh, this week uh, who are going to need some help getting, getting their campus ready uh, 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 for this, this coming school year. And we're going to announce it when they get it all together. Uh, we're going to send some teams to help maybe weed eat and mulch and do something. But there's a real, real bad shortage of, of uh, materials for, for kids, for underprivileged kids. Who, who just can't buy the paper or the pens or whatever. It is. We've had several calls, several calls already, uh, families that are struggling and, and, and it could use some help with, with uh, school supplies. And uh, so we're going to take up an offering. You don't have to give nothing. You want to give something, uh, uh, you're welcome to. If you're not, pray for it. And we're just going to take this up to use toward that particular project. Does that sound like a plan? Say amen. All right. The Lord bless this offering. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.